All righty, welcome back to the Real Heroes of E-Commerce. In our segments and strategy series, we talk with people in e-commerce about their customers and how they reach and connect with them. And to start off the series, we have Joe from Solo Stove. He shares some really amazing ways they connect with their customers and how it has helped them grow from a team of just 20 people to over 300, which is really impressive. And we are going to find out how they did it. Okay, let's get to the show. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you. I see there in the video that you have a guitar behind you. Yeah, yeah. You play? I oh, I've been I've played I've played guitar since um, probably middle school. Um, there was a point in which my music taste uh, violently shifted from hip hop to rock and roll, and and that and that kind of spurred a mom. I need to get a guitar, and and I kind of taught myself to play and and all the good stuff. So. Right on. I, I started playing guitar about the same age. I think I was 13. It's such a it's such a fun time to be discovering music, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you are the senior website product owner at Solo Stove, right? Yep, that's correct. So tell me kind of exactly what is the product owner? Like what is your responsibilities and day to day? Sure. Um I, I would describe a senior product owner or a product owner in general as a generalist. Um, big companies will split up product ownership into, um, and by big companies, I mean like enterprise level. You know, we, we have a, my boss came from Adidas. And so they broke up their product ownership roles into, hey, you're only going to be responsible for ratings and reviews. You're going to only be responsible for the loyalty program. And that came with its own um, goals and initiatives and everything like that. And so um, for me, I'm, I'm really, you know, my team is not split up into those micro products. So I am everything from how customers shop, why they buy, um, how they buy, and then, you know, every experience after the fact. So shipping and tracking and, and returns and submitting forms to the community support team, all of that. So so you kind of just do everything? <laughs> yeah, I do. And it's a lot of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. How long have you been with uh, Solo Stove? So I've been with Solo Stove for about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, they picked me up out of, uh, you know, I was I was running an Amazon account. Uh, I was running an Amazon account for other companies uh, uh, as, a, uh, as a gig. And um, I was brought on to do Amazon. And the girl who was running the website left to go back to her family across the country. And, you know, at the time, Solo Stove was 20 people. And, you know, now we're, we're 300 plus. And, uh, you know, I kind of just poked my head into the CEO's office one afternoon. And I said, hey, there's a need for this. I can do this. Like, let me, let me run the website. And uh, he basically looked at me and was like, well you don't really have the traditional experience that we look for for this, but I'll let you do it while we find somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been three years and they haven't found somebody to do it. So <laughs> um, I like to think of that as a good sign. Yeah, I think you're probably pretty secure by now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I saw you on that other video, you were talking with Big Commerce, I think. Yeah. Um, and you, you were talking about the customer and like how you view your segment. Yeah. So. How has that kind of changed and evolved over the last three years? It's really interesting because, you know, when you, Solo Stove is really unique in a sense that there are a lot of really passionate people about 
fire and fire pits. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's a really like, I wouldn't go as far to say it's like an enthusiast industry, but like there are people who are extremely passionate about the time they spend outside with a fire. And that means that you're going to get a lot of passionate responses from customers. And to me, there's an opportunity as someone who's working as a product of looking at it from a real positive view or a negative view. And you can look at it and say, you know, the customer says, you know, hey, I'm really disappointed that your program for loyalty doesn't do X, Y, and Z. And you can look at it and say, well, isn't the fact that we have a loyalty program enough? You know, they the, the customers don't understand sometimes that the circumstances of, hey, we're 20 people, you know, it's a miracle that we have this, but it's sometimes not good enough. And you can look at it from that perspective, or you can look at it from a, um, I want to take this feedback seriously. I want to improve the customer experience because those that are being vocal are usually being vocal for a good majority who are still feel the same way, but maybe don't want to voice it. Uh-huh. So it's it's a really good, it's really been been helpful to, you know, I had an opportunity to hire a couple of people recently and finding people and surrounding yourself with people that are in that second category of taking these this feedback seriously, um, enjoying interacting with the customer and not like letting circumstance be the enemy of, of you know, not doing something. Uh-huh. And how do you usually communicate with your customers? Uh, for the most part, it's it's not direct. Um, we have a, my best friends um, at the company are the community support team. Um, you know, we, we, it's basically our version of customer service, but we don't, we don't like to use the term customer service. And I think that's another really good indicator of how we like to treat our customer is they're not, when you call in with a problem, it's not customer service, it's community support. And so that team is is really my best friend at the company because they'll tell me when something is starting to trend in a certain way or our latest push introduced a bug and I'll know it usually before the CEO knows it and has to call me or, you know, whatever. And it's a sticking tight with them especially during high sales periods uh, for a great example is like uh, black Friday, cyber Monday. Uh-huh. Um, I, I work remote usually, but I'll go into the office on black Friday and on cyber Monday, and I'll try and be the first one in I'll bring donuts. I'll bring bagels, whatever the, that team needs to just let them know, Hey, I'm here. If you need me, I'll, I can answer any question. I can, I can help you. Um, and then additionally, like we got an opportunity a year or two ago to help answer tickets with, with customers. So mm-hmm. I, I'm getting kind of a, a full scope of how the customer is feeling and how they're interacting, but I do have a little bit of a filter on it from the, from the community support department. Very interesting. So do you have any uh, interesting customer stories? Yeah. Um, so one of the things, uh, you know, as the pandemic kicked off, um, we did, uh, we started an initiative called Project Good. And, and Project Good is um, based on our mantra at the company, which is um, we design simple outdoor products that help you create good moments that lead to lasting memories. So we try to align ourselves as a company around good moments, um, whether that be with a fire pit or, or whatever. So what we did is we allowed customers to submit um, either themselves, their neighbor, family members, or like a community leader um, to to us. And we would comb through the list and pick someone to give a fire pit to. 
um, every day for the first however many days of, of I think, April it was. Mm-hmm. And because at the time the company was maybe 40 people, 50 people, we were able to split that list of thousands of submissions into our teams and say, you know, hey, hey, Joe, here's 30 people, pick three out of these 30 people. Let's like read their stories, see where they're coming from and, you know, pick three of your favorites. And that really gave me a, a really good opportunity to realize like, you know, the cool thing about working for a company like Solo Stove is you're not just selling a widget. You're selling um, an experience. You're selling like, you know, the, there's uh, grandparents who couldn't, you know, see their loved ones without being socially distanced. And a fire pit gave them a reason to, you know, gather and be socially distant and talk and catch up. And and it really helped a lot through the pandemic. And so I think that to me was the, was somewhat of an aha moment about like, what the customer really means and and what we're providing to them. And so me as the digital product owner who, you know, I'm I'm really most of my interaction with the customer is as a number or a figure on a chart or a graph, mm-hmm. but I'm now putting a face to the name and a smile and an experience. And that to me was like the coolest thing. So how did you ask those customers for their stories? So we we started just a social media campaign and we said, hey, you know, if you've got a story, if you've got somebody that, um, you know, maybe someone who works in healthcare near you, here's a form, submit your story. And we just got them all dropped into a Google sheet and started started separating them out. That's really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. Right. <laughs> it's never easy when you start having thousands right. of submissions. Right. I guess over the last three years, what what are three strategies that you've seen really resonate with your customers? Yeah, uh, I think the first one, it resonated, but also kind of unexpectedly resonated was our loyalty program. Um, that has evolved a little bit over my time, but I was involved in the initial launch of it. And, you know, when you think of a loyalty program, you're like, okay, you buy something, you get points, you spend those points on either a coupon or more things or a hat or whatever. And um, one of the things that we didn't realize was also coming with it. Well, I mean, we knew it was coming with it, but the impact it would have was a referral program. Mm -hmm. So I could refer you and say, hey, Jason, you want, you know, here's a code, here's $20 off. I get a hundred points when you do it and you can, you know, buy yourself a fire pit. And we ended up seeing that there was a, there were some really passionate customers who basically operated as an unofficial sales team and really started finding um, communities online and posting their links. That's, that's, that one's probably like my favorite one to to say. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one is, is the value, the biggest, like for, and this is, this is going to sound kind of weird, but like the biggest strategy is keeping the community support or the customer service department extremely active and engaged because so often like I've worked with companies where you work with a call center or something like that and all they're really doing is just note-taking and that's it right um for us the most important thing is the value we we create the value of that note-taking by involving them in meetings that maybe they don't get involved in at other companies like um, 
you know, the beginning of building a new process for um, returns. They were involved in that and we kept the leads in that department up to date on how this project was going. It took us, you know, a month or two and we were able to not only get feedback before we rolled out of like, oh, hey, customers are really gonna want this. So make sure we have it included, but also it allowed them to um, be maybe not necessarily more passionate about their role, but to see that their interactions with the customer was actually making some change and, um, you know, it, it mattered. Their, their role really mattered. Um, so that, that to me was, a, was another big one. Um, you know, for a third one, um, I don't know. I, I think that there's, there's a lot that we do on the website that goes in the realm of like personalization. Uh -huh. And we actually hired on a, um, a CRO analyst who, whose role is A-B testing. And so when we want to roll out a new feature, it's going to get A-B tested. We're going to see the value of it and tie a dollar amount to it. And for a company whose leadership is, for the most part, um, traditional sales guys, you know, we, our, our CEO is a, a B2B sales, you know, background. Um, our current president of, of Solo Stove is, uh, comes from a finance background. So it's really important to show the value of, um, hey, we made this change. We sent the variant A, which is not the change, and the variant B with the change out to, you know, 10% of our customers. And we see a 10% growth, which is, you know, massive when it comes to some of the dollar numbers that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. it, it makes it really easy to create value of, yep, that's a very important thing. You guys roll it out and, um, you know, we'll see the benefit of it. So I think those are the three biggest, um, the three biggest things to me that, that value, like equate to success, or at least as part of our, part of our mixture of success. That's really good. Yeah. I want to ask you, Jason, how do you like making a s'more? Um, because that's something that I think, you know, you've either done it a lot or maybe not much at all. Um, but yeah, how do you like, how do you like your s'more? Uh, melty? Um, I don't think I've made a s'more in probably 20 years. <laughs> um, but every time you, you hear about them, you always kind of just like, oh yeah, those are, those are nice. Those are fun. Yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, there are some. To me, the the biggest difference in s'more making is there are people who like it burnt to a crisp, mm -hmm. and then it's like really gooey in the middle. I I'm not a big fan of that. I like the nice like roasty brown. That's that's my perfect s'more. That's how I like to roast my marshmallow. I guess the only thing that I always can remember about wanting is I want the chocolate to melt also. Yeah. So if you just like if it doesn't get hot enough or you don't leave it long enough and then you have a hard piece of chocolate then that, that's not good. I want the fun. crunch to be on the graham cracker. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm with you 100% there. <laughs> I did not expect that question. <laughs> <laughs> I got to turn the tables on you a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so I did, I was on a, a subreddit uh, for Solo Stove. Yeah. And people were talking about a first burn. So what is that? So... It's a, it's a, I, I think now this is, this is getting a little bit outside of my realm, but this was an initiative that our social media team thought of. Uh, I want to say sometime 2020, 2019, but the really utilizing within our community, the hashtag first burn 
as a, I just got my solo stove and I'm using it for the first time mm -hmm. um, and kind of creating, like I said, a good moment. And so that to me is, is a, a easy way to say, Hey, let's, part of it is if you use the same terminology, this is, this is going to go a little bit into, you know, the man behind the curtain, but mm -hmm. if you use the same terminology on the website uh, or on, on the internet, it's easily findable. And so you can start seeing like how many customers are interacting with it, what's the reach, um, and then how many people are also interacting with it. And so if it's if it's populating throughout the subreddit, awesome, job well done. And um, yeah, it's just a, it's a really great way to track kind of social initiatives to help people post, similar to what I was talking about with the, the referral program. Mm -hmm. We know that our product, not to say it sells itself, but it's really attractive. People want it. And the more that we can initiate people posting about it and hint that like, hey, first burn or small, you know, s'more night or something like that. And people are posting about it, then it's getting in front of people's people who don't necessarily have a product and, and would want it. So that's really good. That, that sneaky little bit of marketing that we're, we're throwing in. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Cool. So um, for just giving some advice for other product owners, uh, people kind of in your position on smaller brands, yeah. what would you advise them on like focusing on just to, to grow that business from like a 20 person company to a 300 person? Yeah. I mean, I think that a lot of, you know, there's, um, I don't know who said it. I, I want to say it was, um, there's there's some I'll look it up but um somebody said that the luck only happens at the intersection of um, preparation and opportunity mm -hmm. and to me there was there's huge opportunity out there and the more that you can get to know what all a e-commerce platform can do and maybe you don't have to know it all that's the biggest thing is like, I think I've touched on 10 different things, but when I started running a website, I knew absolutely none of those. Mm -hmm. So really all you need to do is have an understanding of what, what e-commerce is capable of and have a good understanding of the technical side. Know what you know, basically. If you're not a technical person, that's fine. There are plenty of technical people out there that can help you bridge that gap. If you are maybe not so strong in marketing, that's another great thing that other people can help bridge that gap, but find your strengths and play to your strengths. Um, my, our CEO at one point in time, I think I was asking, um, maybe not necessarily for a different role or for something, but I, I, I you know what it might've been is whenever they, they gave uh, Amazon to um, another part of the business, Mm -hmm. or another team. And I went to the CEO and I was like, Hey, you know, thank you for taking that off my plate, but I just wanted to let you know, like, I'm, I'm more than happy to keep running it if that's what you wanted me to do. And his response was something along the lines of, you don't ask Steph Curry to post up in the paint. Then he's the basketball reference. He says, you keep Steph Curry on the three point line and you keep feeding him basketballs because that's what he's good at is shooting three pointers. So is like if your role, if you're good at running a website and you also have these responsibilities of, you know, the, the Amazon and stuff like that, 
I'm going to take those away from you. I'm going to give them to someone who can run them and you're just going to keep shooting threes uh, with, with the website. So to me, I think that's a really good way to look at things in your mindset of, you know, if you're starting out, know what you're good at and really hustle at it. That's that to me is the two biggest things. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show. You got it. I, I really, I really enjoyed, uh, enjoyed uh, sharing. All righty. And that is all for today's show. Thanks again to Joe for being on and we will see you next time.